Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 422. My name is Brando. Coming up in a moment, the great Paul Rogers, of course, from Bad Company and Free, Paul Rogers and Queen. He has a new solo album out. It is called Midnight Rose. It is fantastic. And it's not just about the album. It is the the health hurdles he's had to overcome. He's since publicly gone. Uh, he's on since He's since gone public with all the the strokes that he's had, and he wasn't able to speak for a long time. So to put out an album and to have him sound as good as ever is quite miraculous. And we're going to be joined by his his wife, Cynthia. Cynthia Kiriluk. She, a uh, former Miss Canada, 1984, fitness guru, very famous fitness guru, and you know exercise videos were all the rage. Uh, so she's going to be joining Paul as well. And what I thought was going to be just five minutes with them. Hey, let's talk about the album. Get my Guns N' Roses question in. Out. You've been doing interviews long enough this morning. Well, they they took a liking to me or probably more so Harrison Rex, Baby Brownstone. So that's why they they were awesome. So without further ado, Paul Rogers and his wife, Cynthia. Tell me your baby's name. His name is Harrison, named after Harrison. George, even though he's oh, wearing a John Lennon Imagine onesie. Uh, hello, uh, Harrison. How are you? Hey, see Paul Rogers? Hello. <laughs> hello. He's smiling. Hi. Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I appreciate this time you're giving me, and his co-host name is Baby Brownstone. That's his, because <laughs> it's a Guns N' Roses theme podcast, and he's, you know, he, he'll he'll come up with his own when he's ready. He's laughing. He's laughing. He is laughing. Oh, look, he's and got, a microphone he's rattle. He's got a smile. He's got a crooked nose. He's got his own microphone. Yeah. Baby Brownstone. Okay, his name is, uh, his, his on-air oh, he likes that. Baby Brownstone. I know. Some people think I named him Brownstone. No, not after a house, not after the song about heroin. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the truth, Cynthia and, and Paul, because uh, I'm here with my wife who's ready to take him in case if he starts freaking out. Because uh, okay. I work in radio, as you know, we worked today and yesterday with Premier Networks. You're promoting your new album, Midnight Rose. And I get to play the role of tour producers. Uh, and you're going around from station to station, uh, metaphorically speaking, because you're, you're home. Yes. I'm home. We have a list of stations to go to. Each person has 10 minutes. I got to keep them on time, you know, making sure everyone sounds good. It's recorded. I edited the interview later for our prep site. But since we're at home now, or I'm working at home since the pandemic, and I have this guy, and my <laughs> wife had to go to work the past two mornings, it's, I appreciate, this is a long way of saying thank you for your patience. Well, I Oh, don't. you were wonderful. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You were wonderful. You did a great job. Great job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank, yeah, thank you. Uh, it was a challenge to do all of this and also take care of a five-month-old at the same time. But we did yeah. it. 
Uh, you know, that, that segues me into, because I have a unique experience of hearing all of your interviews. Did you mention that your grandchildren are on the new album, right? We did. Yes, we did. So how, in, in what capacity and how old are they? Well, they're very young. Well, they, oh, the, there's a teenager. How old is he? 17. Oh, 17 now. Wow. Time flies. He's a great big lad as well, isn't Sunny. he? Mm-hmm. Sunny. Uh, we've got Bo- uh, Bordy. Uh, he's 10. 10. Wow. And Uma is eight. Is eight. And they're all doing wonderful. And they're all on the album. They're, they're not singing. They're actually, their laughter is used. Oh. Because we have like a. Yeah, we have like a party atmosphere at the end of uh, Dancing the Sun. We wanted like to build it up into a party atmosphere. So we recorded their, them laughed, laughing without their knowledge, to be honest. So we wanted to be, to be honest, laughter, you know. And uh, it sounds, it's lovely to hear. It's so joyful to hear kids laughing. You bit. can't listen to that and not smile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. And that's part of why I'm incorporating, so he will have this later. But that reminds me of... Uh, oh, what aeroplane! Aeroplane for the Chili Peppers. Uh, Flea had his daughters, like kindergarten oh. class at the end, where they're all kind of singing the chorus, and that's forever. That's forever. Oh, so yeah. that's a great gift. So do you yes. have grandchildren and even your kids, who I know are older, and you're still putting out music to this day? Do they look at you as dad, rocker dad, or they look at you like boring old dad? Oh, he's just making, he's doing his rock thing again. How do they? How do your kids and grandkids look at you? Well, um, the grandkids don't really, they're not really affected too much. I, I'm, I'm very much GD, aren't I? Granddad. They call yeah. me GD. GD. Yeah, <laughs> GD. And um, my, they, although they've been to concerts and they've actually walked him off stage. Oh, I know. And they actually, which was very they sweet. took the job very seriously. They did. I'm there waving, you know, and they were like yelling, yanking yeah, me off the stage. <laughs> We've got, you're coming off. <laughs> GD, you're done now. Come on, you're ours. <laughs> the, um, I think the that his he's got three children. And, well, eldest daughter is Natalie, um, stay-at-home mom, and then Stephen and Jasmine are both musicians, and they revere him. They respect him. They look to him for guidance in their musical careers. Even with their music, when they're creating, they'll they'll come to to Paul to Dad, and ask him questions. So. Um, they revere him, actually. Oh, yeah, they do, do they, sweetie? Oh, well, absolutely. But they're very much their own people, you know. I don't try. Oh, yeah. I, I will guide them if they ask for advice, but I don't try to stuff it down their throats because, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 you know, they're trying to put me in the steelworks, and I, I went, oh, no, not going there. Um, I because the music was so much meant so much to me. I didn't want to be in a work working like factory environment, you know. And, uh, not creative for not, songwriting. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'd heard all this American music going on, and I loved it. And that's really that was that's what I wanted to do. And um, so I, I followed that. I've always followed the music. That's what I've done. That's that's been the story of my life, basically. Well, even now with the new album. Yes. Yeah. What's know? the song that? What is the name of the song that pays tribute to all those um, American artists that you love? Right. Well, it's living living it up, actually. Yeah. Todd Todd and I wrote that song. He sent me the music and said, you know, can you write some lyrics to this? I don't know what it's about. It's like you know, <laughs> he wrote this great set of, you know, this composition basically and i put lyrics to it and it, it developed into the song that became sort of my story i was i was in middlesbrough uh, steel town i moved down to london and I'm, then i moved to new york with bad company and i was well, I, well I, in london i was with free and then i was with bad company in america and 
all the time in the background of that was all the music I'd been listening to that, that had heavily influenced me, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And another song. <laughs> and, and I think, too, um, Paul was trying to um, lift America up because there's a lot of turmoil right now. Well, I wanted it to be in a positive world. album. Yeah. 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 And, and I actually, I wanted to pay my respects to American music, really, generally. There's been so much infighting and confusion and division, you know, politically, probably. I'm probably speaking of politically, yes. which doesn't come into music. And music brings it all together. <laughs> and that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he has opinions. He has opinions on it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, power to the people. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, love it, love it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we'll see what his first word. Maybe it'll be free. Maybe it'll be bad code. We'll, we'll see. It'll there probably be Dada. It'll, yeah, Dada, Mama. Oh, I'm also yeah. trying to, and this segues into the new album as well, um, our cat's names, uh, either GB, you have your GD, we have a GB. Yeah, uh, a GB. And, and, and Blackie, our tuxedo cat. Uh, but you have, does, you have a song. Does GB for good boy? It stands for my wife's grandpa, Bill. That's what it stands for, yeah. Aw, that's sweet. Yeah. That's very sweet. And and I guess a segue, because I heard part of the story about the cat, which, of course, I'll let you finish, is that uh, the main cat, her cat that she's had forever, you know, in college and living alone before she met me, it took him six months to like me. He would always walk away, he would hiss, he would run. Then just one day, he curled up in my arms, and it's kind of been like, that since he's like me he's my he's still got a little attitude you got to pay him respects but he sure. he he rubs me he sleeps with me and it's just like wow like a, a cat's love is i was yeah you okay he's allergic to, he's, he's a hairball speaking of cats i guess <laughs> see that's a segue uh so please tell me about the, the song that you were inspired by uh your your cats on the new album well it was Sheridan. uh it was a rescue cat Rescued by my dear wife here. You, you tell it. Oh, well, Sheridan was at the SPCA. And um, I went in because they were, they were going to be doing a, a major euthanization uh, on Thursday. This was Sunday. They were looking for fosters. So I went in with my girlfriend. And uh, she said, oh, you've got to come and see this cat. It's terrible. The, the note on the cage says she's badly matted. And I said, what? Or bad, badly mauled, badly mm-hmm. mauled. And I said, oh, dear. And I go, oh, geez, that's terrible. So we go over to the cage and we're looking at her. And I get, I, she's beautiful. She's a chocolate point Siamese. And she's a senior. And I thought, well, I, I don't see her being badly mauled. She looks pretty good. And then I looked closer and I said, Patty, it says badly matted, <laughs> not mauled. And she went, oh, okay. And so she attempts to walk away. And I said, wait a second, though. Still, we just because she's not mauled <laughs> doesn't mean we shouldn't consider fostering her. <laughs> so I said to the lady, I said, I said, what's the story with this cat? And the lady was very nasty, I have to say. She said, oh, this cat is a bee and I just hate her. And I was like... It's a cat. It's I a was cat. shocked. Yeah, I know. So I said, well, I'll foster. She goes, well, good, because if you don't, you know, she's going to be euthanized on Thursday. Oh I said, God. okay, I'll take her. So she got a box. They were putting them in boxes in those days, and you just drop them down, the lid closes, yeah. and then they have little air holes above. Yeah. So she grabbed Sheridan and scruffed her. She came named. Her owner had passed, and the kids didn't want her. So she scruffed her. A full, an adult cat did not support her legs at all and put her in this box. 
And I thought, oh, my word, that's that's terrible. And Sheridan turned and scratched her. So this woman now has severe scratches on her arms. The blood is dripping off of her elbow. And she's got just profanity, like potty mouth, throws her in this box and hands her to me and says, good luck. So I get Sheridan home and I'm thinking, this cat just needs love. She just needs love. So I'm trying to give her love and it's not happening. I go into the bedroom. She's like, she gets up on top of the bed, stands on her hind legs to make herself larger. And, yeah, you, you know, told me about her when, when I was on you tour. You were in so England, I, yeah. I, I came back from touring and I was expecting this wildcat. And uh, I said, well, where's this wildcat then? It can't be that bad. So I, she said, come with me. <laughs> and she, she she put her on oven mitts, right, up to the elbow. Oh, wow. And I'm looking at and she gets a bin lid. Or was it, what was it? It was a pillow. A pillow. And she puts her big apron on. I'm like, no, come on, wow. let's take a look. It can't be that bad. We opened the door, like, but to slam the door shut. I said, oh, I see what you mean now. Yeah. Wow. Paul said, Paul said, could we maybe just like make a little walkway for her and guide her out into the yard and she can just go? I yeah. said, no, we can't do that. So anyhow, yeah. we ended up, I, so I, you know, the curtain rods that are extendable. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so I got a, a hairbrush. And I put it, I tied it onto the end of that. And then I extended it out to try to stroke her with that. Well, this thing was coming overhead. It made it even worse. But I would go in to feed her and, and clean her litter. And she would just, you know, chase me, basically. She would, and she cornered my girlfriend, Patty. Yeah. She was like hell on four paws. Yeah. But, and then when. She was hard work. She was hard yeah. work. But, but in the, the poor end, thing, you know, she'd been she was, so. She was, had a lot of fear. Abandoned and abused. Yeah. yeah all about fear so anyhow um she would stand at our front door and when people would come in she would wait and she would block them from coming in and they'd be oh, okay what's the deal with this cat and i said you just have to tell her she's beautiful <laughs> and she'll let you in and they went okay <laughs> so people go uh you're beautiful and i go name charity i have to use her name and i said just yes just they were like oh my god okay you're very beautiful charity and i said now be sincere They'd be like, oh, you're very beautiful, Sheridan. She also had this thing as well, where, where when people were looking at her and they were trying to be nice to her, her tail would go slap on the floor like this. Yeah. And I'd say, okay, okay, enough. don't touch it. That's yeah. enough, yeah. Because she was, she was, you know, peed off at that point. Yeah. Her tail would whack, whack, whack. So anyhow, one day I was going to love on her, always trying to love her, make that connection. And she kept walking away. So I'd spend my life bent over trying to love this cat all around the house. So Paul heard me say, Sheridan, I can't love you if you keep walking away. And I went, bing, that's a great opening line for a song. <laughs> and the song became Take Love. Yeah. Oh, I, I I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. And yeah, <laughs> cats are, I, I learned a lot. I was not a cat person. Because uh, I'm allergic to dogs, so I thought I was allergic to cats, oh. and I'm really allergic to cats. I had to get shots for about like a year because we, oh, really? we had three at one point. They're all senior cats, and I couldn't. Yeah. I was like suffocating in my own home. Um, uh, so it was. I wasn't inspired to write a song by it. I was inspired to go to the <laughs> allergist. But still, I, I I identify with. Uh, yeah, they just need love, and I'm glad something uh, great came out. Yeah. Of it. Well, uh, we are not cat or dog people. We both are animal we, people. We we just we 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 often have a dog as well. We had one last uh, a rescue called Saxon. Yeah. He was a big uh, big Doberman. Doberman. He was yeah. And he'd been abandoned pretty much at the at the shelter. Nobody wanted him. When we went in, he would sit there. And go, 
like this. He yeah. looked so forlorn. He did. And the actual shell they gave him to us, with, they said, just take him. Just take him. Yeah. He'll probably only last a couple of years, but he, we've lived, had him here so he long. He lived seven years. Yeah. He, he was, was 14. Someone. A Doberman, a large breed okay. Doberman, yeah. 14 when he passed. Yeah, it's the brightest... Oh, he was sweet. Tried to spark on the. He was he was incontinent for four years, but we had that all worked out. <laughs> I get up in the morning, you go, we don't have a brown cat, and then it was like, oh dear, okay, there was another wool carpet out the door. <laughs> That's funny. But we loved him. We yeah, loved he him. was such a gentleman. You know, he, he was, was such a guy. Love yeah. It. Yeah, oh, I, I, that's great. So, other than animals and cats, because um, I, I don't want to keep you here forever. You've been on, we've been hanging out for a couple hours in general, not just for this interview. Uh, anything else inspire, or you want people to take away? I guess from this album because it took you a while to get here. So, what do you want people to take well, away from it? Um, you know, there's hope. If you if you've got a health issue or, or a problem, there's hope. And you've got to believe that you can get better. Your body is a magical instrument. It's amazing. If you can give it the right materials, the right nutrients, oxygen, nutrients, yeah. yes, that sort of thing, and do the right exercises. Because, you know, there's, there's a thing called Qigong that I do, which is a, a kind of moving meditation. And it encourages the lymphatic system to function. The lymphatic system is just under the skin. In a, in a dead body, in a kind of a, you, can't, you won't find the, the, the lymphatic system. It it's kind of dies with the body. But it's there under the skin, and it doesn't circulate by itself. It needs movement to circulate. If there's a massage you can do, or you can do yoga or qigong. Because they, these kind of movements, they encourage the lymphatic system to work, and it pours the toxics, toxins out of your system, mm-hmm. and you pee them away yeah. and drink lots of water. But there, um, Paul should maybe talk about coming home because there was inspiration for that song. Okay. Um, what was that one? Yeah, yeah tell me about that one because I can. Well, you know, it's really. I, I, it was uh, my response to the first responders because without them, I mean, because of them, we can walk around in freedom and make music, and make rock and roll, or or be a plumber, or be a DJ, or be a whatever father, we are. Father, mother, yeah. A father, you know, yeah. all of the above. Uh, because of the first responders, they're there, you know. And uh, I'm so proud of them. They're so good. The firefighters, the nurses, the doctors. doctors the, and all, those, all the military people. Uh, yeah. Ambulance, you know. All the people that keep society and our, our thing, like, um, Pol- safe police too yeah police I mean, too you know they yeah. keep order yeah so um that song was was inspired by them and dedicated to them yeah yeah paul through the years has met a number of military people yes beautiful people yeah and i mean i remember that one guy i gave him that little cross and he, he, yeah. he took it away i was wearing it and he gave him the cross and uh, he, he was so touched he was he was i'll wear this next time i'm in the field i was like yeah well keep your head down you know yeah yeah that was he was yeah yeah in Afghanistan yeah Paul also after his strokes did some um, therapy we haven't talked about this um, it was um, equine therapy with uh, mustangs at a facility called Living Free in California in Idlewild California Mountain Center actually and so he would work um, with a horse okay how was that experience for you yeah. well it was the, the horse was unbelievable it was called. Um, I, um, something off Mash. What was that? Radar? Not radar. Was it radar? I think so. I think you're right. Or it, it was um, 
because how would you? Because uh, I'm fascinated how you you would work with the horse. I'm not familiar at well, all with that kind of therapy. This this horse and this guy, um, Ray. Ray, Ray, yeah. What I, what I should remember the name of the horse. I think it was Radar. Yeah, Radar. You know, the, actually, the horse worked with me, and he he, he was unbelievable. And Ray has this thing of. Um, he would he he gentles the horse. It's not he doesn't, he doesn't break, break a horse. It. Yeah, mm. he gentles it. These are wild mustangs. They are, were wild mustangs, and he has them doing all these things like you know at the point of his finger instead of a rope. It just goes like over here, like this, like this, and they will do anything he says. And I had them doing the same thing. It was just a wonderful experience, and it's like the horse understands. He's a very therapeutic horse. And he's so large. You're a bit intimidated by this large horse. Actually, it was a small horse, but he's big next to me, you know. Sure. Because um, he's a Mustang, you know. But um, we had, he had them doing all kinds of things. Just by moving his body, he would tell it what to do. It's incredible. And, and the thing about um, it, this therapy is for post-traumatic stress people. So after Paul's strokes, you know, there was some of that going on. And they work with the military. They work with first responders. People are welcome to go up and work with these well, horses. Radars. Yes, radars. radars yeah. 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 Living free. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I said to you off air, and, and it's, of course, the special that was on uh, CBS, the the interview. It's nothing short of a miracle to not just come through and be healthy, but to thrive and to sound like classic Paul Rogers on this new album. It's nothing short of a miracle. So, I mean, just congratulations, and we're all so happy for you. Well, I, I, I've got to say as well, just before we go, is that um, for me, it absolutely is a miracle because I thought, okay. God, I'm finished with my life is over. Many, many times throughout this, I thought my life's over. You know, I accept that and I'm done. Uh, but I came through it and therefore God wants me to do something. I don't know what it is. Probably make music, I think. So, but I, I felt that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And one thing that happened in 2016 was um, Paul had a, oh, the great creator, heart, sorry. Yeah, a heart incident. <clears throat> And based on his genetics, I knew that heart disease and, and stroke ran in his family. So he was saying, you know, I don't I don't feel right. I don't feel good. Um, you know, I, I've got some pain here and I'm going to go lay down. I think it's acid reflux. And I said, well, if you lay down and it goes away, it's not acid reflux. I think it's your heart. So we called our naturopath, Dr. Dan Johnson, and I told him what Paul was experiencing. And he said, take him to emergency immediately. So I took him into emergency. This is in um, February of um, 2009, uh, 2016. And he, being his charming self, you know, meets the receptionist. And I'm standing behind him. Hmm. And the receptionist says, hello. And he goes, hi, love, how are you? And he starts this conversation. So I'm standing behind him, pointing to his heart, looking at her like, it's his heart. She goes, let's take you in right away. So they took him in right away and um, got him going on some meds. And uh, the cardiologist came in and said, how are you feeling after about four, half an hour? <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but after half an hour, um, the cardiologist came in, Dr. Hemmelman, and said, how are you feeling? And Paul said, I feel pretty good. And, you know, probably ready to go. And, and Dr. Himmelman said, well, as it stands right now, there's no damage to your heart. You mm -hmm. got here in time. Um, Ten minutes later, and you would have had a full-on widowmaker heart attack and probably wouldn't be here. Oh so God. Paul said, oh. And um, the, the doctor said, so I can guarantee you one thing. If you leave right now, 
doesn't matter how close your car is parked to the hospital, you will have that full-on widowmaker heart attack. So... <clears throat> do you still want to stay or do you want to go? And Paul, and Paul said, yeah, I'll be staying. And then the two, they waited to stabilize him. And then two days later he had surgery and they put in one stent, which isn't bad. I know people who have eight yeah. stents. So that was good. And then, and then the strokes were very mild. You know, they were very sneaky. It was a really bad headache. It was some blurred vision. It was a sense of loss of balance. Very, very, the TIAs are very subliminal. But the major strokes. Yeah. And then, yes. Yeah. yeah. And the second one, he was in the hospital when he had that major stroke because we knew something wasn't quite right. And uh, that was a good thing because what happened was he, he had, he stroked while he was in hospital was talking to me. And all of a sudden he was saying, do you, oh, and I just, yeah. And I thought, okay, this is really happening now. So I just remained very calm. And I said, you know what, sweetie, I think you're just very tired. You just need to close your eyes and rest. And he thought, he told me that that was the best thing I could have done because I was very calm. He was very calm. He thought, well, if she's not worried, then I'm not going to worry. I'll just sleep it off. And, and actually, I did sleep it off, although it was not quite slept off. But I was, I was a bit better when I came around, wasn't I? You, you couldn't speak. So when, he, when I went to the nurse's station, as he laid back, I went to the nurse's station. I said, I need the cardiologist here, please. I need the um, neurologist. I need the speech pathologist. All the ologists hold the proctologist. We don't need him or her. <laughs> I said, but I need, I need those people here. So within an hour, they all gathered and went into the room. And the speech pathologist started to work with Paul right away on his language. But it took oh about a week and a half before he could formulate words. Um, and then the neurologist um, was working with him too. And it was funny because the neurologist held up a picture and said, um, what do you see in this picture? And um, I said to the neurologist, I said, um, he wears glasses. Should he put them on? And he went, oh, oh, yes, that's a good idea. So he put the glasses on and then he was trying to explain what was happening in the picture, but he didn't have his language. Yeah, the thing you is, know? I could formulate it in my mind, but it didn't translate to my to vocal, you know, right. to my speech, whatever the system is that you actually yeah. use, your brain uses to make them words make the words come out it's very right. strange so you know exactly what you want to say it's all there um yeah yeah and then we and then we were transferred out of that hospital because they wanted to do the endarctrotomy the middle um, of the night wasn't it yeah well 11 o'clock at night okay so we took him to Kelowna to a larger hospital where again they observed him for two days and then they did the surgery and then it was a long recovery um after the surgery yeah but um I mean very very lucky you know, that uh, I was just praying that he could just walk and talk with me again. That's all That's all that was on my checklist. So I, what I would do is I would have his guitar out and I would have it in the case and I would lift the lid and he would come and he would put the lid down. And that went on for weeks. <laughs> and then one day, months later, many months later, he finally pulled it out. There were little bits, like I would hear a twang every once in a while and I'd come in to make sure it wasn't one of the cats. And uh, it was Paul. He would go across the strings. And then months later, I saw him with the guitar on his lap, playing it with two hands, um, you know, pushing the guitar away, you know, mm -hmm. like a slack guitar. But put, and then he, that's how he started. That's how he started back. But to have him do this album, 
it's be whatever beyond a miracle is that's what this is it's uh yeah. it's inspiration and it can show what could be done and it also mm-hmm. shows that we all I, I think i got one we we need all need a wife like cynthia who, who's there uh, um, yeah i yeah i, I don't want to uh, well, for sure. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off there. But just before we get out of here, because, again, I'm keeping you forever. If you can't tell no, no, me the name of the podcast, yeah. Appetite for Distortion, Guns and Roses. And the, I guess the segue is because we're talking about heart issues. And, I mean, Slash has a pacemaker in. And you've played with Slash several times throughout the years, solo and with Bad Company. So uh, if we can play what I call a six degrees of GNR Bacon. Guns N' Roses bacon. If you could talk about playing with Slash, and and do you have any Guns N' Roses stories, perhaps, in your in your vault? Not not, not Guns N' Roses particularly, but Slash, Slash. Slash, yeah. Well, let me think about Slash because he's such a great guy. I remember I met him when I met him a long time ago when I was we were at the Great American Disaster in San Francisco, and he came up for a jam, and he was just brilliant. Is oh, I actually did Woodstock with him as well. The yeah. birthday of Woodstock, that was great as well. Actually, we um, and then he when uh, Paul, you got an award in um, from the from the LA Music Association. Joe Walsh um, gave you the award, but Slash came and played with you on that. That was a few years ago, oh. and then recently um, we were. Paul was playing at the CMTs um, to honor Gary Rosington from mm-hmm. Leonard Skinner. And so we were in touch with Slash, and um, I said to Slash, I said, "So are you are you going to do the um, CMT?" CMT. He goes, he goes, yeah, I committed because they said Paul was doing, it. and I said, oh, okay. I said, well, we're talking to them, but we hadn't committed. He went, oh, and I said, but no, no, no. If, if you're committed, <sighs> we'll commit too. You know. So we went and and saw him there, and he's he's a good man. And in fact, he's when, a great guy. When we reached out to friends to um, put it out on social media about the release of the album, we reached out to to Jimmy Page, and we reached out to Slash and a few other people. And Slash and Jimmy were the ones who jumped on board and really promoted it. And Slash in particular really yeah. got behind this album. Yeah. Uh, he's a good friend. He's yeah, a good friend. Good yeah. And you, you could <clears throat> call it the Guns and, Guns and Roses instead of tur- Turkey Bacon. Turkey bacon. <laughs> well, he he counts because obviously he's in Guns N' Roses, and yeah, they hear the those stories. I appreciate that because yeah, you have done yeah. so many jams. Thank you for your time. Thank well, you. Can both. I just say one yes, one more thing? Too. Well, I'm um, on I, your time. I'm on your time. Okay, now. okay. My niece is um, 14 years old, and she loves gun. Well, she loves Slash. She absolutely loves Slash. So they're playing in Vancouver in October. So for an early Christmas gift for her, we bought her tickets for the pit. Mm. So I sent Slash an email. I said, thanks for making our Christmas shopping so easy. <laughs> and then also, Slash doesn't know this yet, but um, my niece recently got married, and she loves Slash. And for her sister's wedding, I hired this amazing Canadian singer named Alfie Zappacosta, who has the – well, tell me, you talk about Alfie's He's voice. got a wonderful voice, really wonderful voice. His, his range is – phenomenal and his depth of, of emotion is just so great yeah. he writes great songs yeah live and the the album is dark sided jewel but live there no one can touch him he's unbelievable so anyhow um i hired him for tamara's wedding 
Because I said, would you like money or would you like Alfie Zappacosta? And she said, Alfie Zappacosta. And I said, okay. So he was hired for, for Tina's wedding, actually. And then Tracy came to me and she said, Auntie, you know, when I get married, you know, could you hire Slash for me? And I was like, likely not. Likely not. And, and she said, okay, I understand. But anyhow, Slash was out on tour during her, her wedding. But what I did was I had a Slash costume. Mm. And then our granddaughter... Uma, she came as mini slash and I crashed the wedding, you know, with the leather jacket and the pants. And I came in and I was like, babe, babe, Tracy. And she, and she was like, slash. And I was like, tell me I'm not too late. Tell me you didn't get married. And she goes, she goes, no, I did. And I go, we got to get it annulled. We got to get it annulled. <laughs> and then she goes, she's looking at, she's looking at Uma because Uma's got the black hair too and the, the, the hat and, and the, the, the bandana wrapped around. And she goes, what's this? And I said, you don't remember that night we had in LA like uh-huh. three years ago? And it was so funny. It was, so I have to show Slash some of those pictures. Uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Paul, Paul said, you look like so so much like Slash. I was going to ask for your autograph. <laughs> you said, she certainly looked like a rock star. That's for sure. Yeah. I have to tell Slash about that. He'll yeah. get a kick out of it. Oh, that's funny. And, I, and I'll, yeah. I'll just say this because uh, baby, it's why it's quiet on my end now. My wife took baby Brownstone because he's sleeping again. I posted... Uh-huh. Uh, random pictures for National Sons Day of Harrison wearing Guns N' Roses stuff and Maury dressing him up in. And Amazon, like the Amazon, their right. their ex-Twitter account, contacted me loving the pictures and wanting to send him gifts. So it's, oh, it's uh, true. A few uh, you know emails exchanged. They sent him <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, what, what are they going to send him? We have no idea. They're like, what else does he right. like? Uh, right. So they sent him a mini top hat meant for a dog. But it's oh, it's a mini top hat for cute. Slash, and my wife and I we couldn't believe it. We actually put the un- oh, unboxing. So uh, cool. The unboxing is online if you want to watch it. Uh, anyone? Oh yeah. They 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 sent him yeah. a leather jacket. We wanted a leather jacket so bad, and we were like, oh, should we spend money for one? He's gonna go out of it, and, and so they sent us a leather yeah. jacket. They sent us a, uh, an ABC oh, book so- on rock. That has so oh wow some blue this is from Amazon some Am- for Amazon for doing nothing for free wow. so wow. that's really lovely I that's the p- best thing I've ever heard yeah that yeah. is nice yeah. it's there so have you have you met the boys have you met Slash and the boys I met Slash and Duff when they were in Velvet Revolver like as okay. a, as a fan you know just getting yeah. autographs back then uh, I met some of the people that are not like the in the the famous version of the band. And I've, I, right. haven't, I haven't had any of those, like the big names on the show. I've had Dizzy Reed, uh, Richard Fortas. I've had like the newer people on the well, show. But I use the Six Degrees of GNR Bacon yeah. to interview a lot of different people. You know, well, you know, Billy Duff, Paul did a track with Billy Duff, actually. Uh, Duff McKagan? Uh, no. Um, oh, oh, sorry. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Billy Duff from The called? Clash. B- Billy the Duff. Cult. Yeah. Cult. Who had uh, Yeah. Who has been on the podcast, Billy Duffy. Who's a lovely guy. Yeah. Lovely guy. What Great was, guitarist as what well. What's that for? Oh, that's for Matt Sorum's project. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's not really, we don't, we're well, not really public on that. Actually. Matt Sorum, we can't. The other oh. one, we can't. Oh, yeah. But oh. just keep keep your eyes on Slash. <laughs> sure. And Matt Sorum, uh, maybe that's a Kings of Chaos thing in the future. But yes. Matt yes. Sorum yeah. has been on the podcast. Super nice guy. He actually gave me, 
because uh, I like, as you see, I like to incorporate family into the conversation. And it helps. Uh, he gave me baby swaddling advice before he was born. He's like, you got to do the double swaddle. You know, I was on the uh, phone with Nikki uh, Six, who were uh, trading swaddling advice for our new babies. It was, uh, yes. So uh, was that's fantastic. Yeah, Matt is a lovely man. We winter yes. in Palm Springs, so we get to see him when we're down there. Which, which is nice. Yeah, and he's got a good, a really beautiful studio there. It's Wonderful. called Good Noise. Yes. It's a beautiful studio. He's currently out there with another inspirational artist, uh, Paul. He's out there with uh, Rick Allen uh, doing their drum circle oh. thing. where they, oh. they do it for healing uh, for uh, veterans, too. You know, anyone who needs healing through, really? drum, through wow. drum circles. They get a lot of uh, big-name drummers to participate in this. Wow. Yeah. That's so, very cool. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, he's right. a man of, he's a really a renaissance man, Matt. Yes, he's a man of many talents. He, he is. He yeah. really is. Well, yeah. So are, so are you, and uh, so are both of you, Cynthia and, and Paul. Uh, thank you for your time. I mean, you've given Thanks, me more Brent. than enough time. Thank you for being such an awesome co worker. Can I call him that the last couple <laughs> yeah. of years, too? <laughs> you get a raise, sir. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm leaving that in the podcast. Maybe my boss will hear it. Uh, <laughs> Well, thank you so much, and I hope we get to talk again and just continued best Absolutely. of luck and health and everything. Okay, yeah, thank you, you too, so man. much, you Brendan. Too. Take care. Yeah. Check out Hyperbarics, okay? Yeah. I will. Just two really, really good people. And just congrats to them for getting this far, sticking together, and creating an album out of it. She was a, a producer on it and helped with the, the artwork. So uh, definitely a Paul and Cynthia project. And, and and Cynthia was there not just because it's you know of her involvement in the record, but Paul, you know, even though he's he's healthy now, he's got to take it easy. And these uh, these interviews that are typically, you know, mine was a little different. Uh, Ten minutes back to back to back, it takes a lot out of you. And usually we don't give breaks to people. You know, it's usually like I said, back to back to back to back for a couple hours. But here we had some breaks, so because his health is more important than an interview. And even after he was finished with all the radio stations today, we took a break before we spoke. Um, so just, just thank you again to, to both of them, Cynthia and Paul, for, for giving me the time, giving us the time today, an appetite for distortion. Coming up next episode, that long-awaited, uh, two, I should say, long-awaited interviews. It's going to be in the same episode. Uh, Desmond Child, of course, in the Songwriters Hall of Fame and uh, repeat guest of the show. And we're going to get Jared Weeks from the band Saving Abel, who has a six degrees of Duff McKagan. You will never guess when will that episode be out in the words of axel rose concerning chinese democracy i don't know if soon is the word but you'll see it thanks to the lame ass security i'm going home